Hello fellow brethren and welcome to the Faith Encounter Service from the Cordes Family Church University City, Philadelphia. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message of Pastor Daniel Oposui, a beloved son of Bishop Daniel Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith, and allow the Word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening. You gave your son, you gave your 
turn my life all around you gave your life to set me free and i'll serve you for the rest of my days oh, 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stacy, I didn't realize you had fans in the church like that. <laughs> Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great blessing to be in your presence. Father, we thank you for this day that we have set aside to celebrate our diversity, our different cultures, our different countries. For we know, Lord, that you are with us and you are working amongst us. All over the world, we know that you are there and you are reaching out everyone that has an ear to hear. So we thank you. We pray that you would continually use us. May your words and your commands and your instructions to us lead us into the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to preach your word and to teach and to heal to do all that you have called us to do. May we, be good for, may we not be good for nothing, but may we be candles that have been placed on top of the basket, bringing light and sharing light to all the world. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, it's a blessing to be here all of us representing different countries, different um, cities. I heard him say he was from North Carolina. Is it? North Carolina. Family's from North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Very good. But um, what this tells us is that, you know, God is with us and he's working throughout the whole world. You know, I want to share a scripture with you before we go on. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. It says, for us we have... Give me some more volume, please. For us we have many members in one body... And all members have not the same office. Keep going. So we being many are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. Hallelujah. So I believe what the scripture is telling us is that we are like the human body. All of us from different nations are similar or can be compared to the human body. So the human body has many different parts. Parts that you can see and parts that you can't easily see. Okay? And yet they all have a function and they all have a role to play. In the same way, as Christians, all over the world and from different cultures and different backgrounds, we all have a role to play because we are all a part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you this afternoon to always see yourself as part of the body of Jesus Christ. The church represents the body of Christ. And when you are in the church, you must use everything that God has given you, every uh, background, every culture, Everything you are is beneficial and can be used in the church. Hallelujah. 
So we are blessed. We are blessed to see people from so many different places, different countries, and I believe that the Lord is going to use us and bless us. Amen. Well, today, uh, we, I think that we've already, the service has already been a blessing. So I just want to share just a few scriptures, five, ten minutes, and we'll be done. I'm told that there's a lot of, you can sit down if, if you're okay. Okay. I'm told that there's a lot of food outside for us to celebrate different, uh, there are different foods from different countries for us. Am I the only person who is aware or you all know? You all know, but you are being quiet. Okay. So I've been told that I shouldn't preach for too long because people are hungry and they want to go and eat. So I promise I'm not going to preach for a very long time. But the short message that I have to you, for you today is titled, Without, Without, Without. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 15 and verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. All throughout the Bible, you see that God shows us things that we cannot do without. Things that are essential, things that are necessary for our lives, things that are important for our lives. And as a Christian, you must know these things. You must know what you cannot do without what you cannot do without is very, very important because life has many lessons. And some of the things that you learn in life or you need for life is, or are the, or is the knowledge of things that you cannot do without. Hallelujah. Some people cannot do without food. They cannot go for a few hours without food. I mean, they are saying Amen. Yeah, they cannot go for a few hours without food. So when it's time to fast a little bit, it's a big problem. It's a crisis in their house, you know. And some people cannot go without their beloveds. Yeah, some people, you know, they, <laughs> they cannot move an inch without their beloveds. Yeah. You see, see a husband, he cannot, he, I mean, he will not even allow his wife to move an inch unless he's around. Yeah. It's a message for somebody. <laughs> you see, some people cannot do without money. They don't know how to, how to just survive and be okay without money. Because you can actually be okay, survive without having money or a lot of money. Because if you, that is what, that's what pushes people to steal. And not just steal, like go into a bank and rob a bank but all manner of stealing. You know, there are so many different kinds of stealing. You see, all kinds of stealing. Dishonesty is also a type of stealing. You know, for instance, not paying your tithe is a type of stealing. Yeah, it's a type of dishonesty because the Bible God says that shall, shall a man rob God? Are you, are you going to steal from God? That's what the scripture says in Malachi. Can a man rob God? So you may not call yourself... You may not call yourself a thief, but you can be a professional robber by the way you even handle God's money, which is a tithe. So we are talking about things that, that was just a by, by, sub, 
topic, not the main topic. We are talking about things that we cannot do without. So in this scripture, John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus said that I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Without me, ye can do nothing. So Jesus is making a very bold statement here. And the statement is telling us that you can try your very best, especially as a believer. You can try everything, all kinds of moves and tricks and strategies and all of that. But if you don't have God, you can do nothing. In other words, all that you are doing will come to nothing without Jesus. Without Jesus. I said without Jesus. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. It says that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Once again, it's telling us that without God, you have no hope. Your life is actually hopeless without God. And, and, and to be honest, you see, if you don't have God, a lot of things in this world will not make sense to you. There, there's so much evil going on in the world and so much despair and frustration and difficulty in the world that you, you can only find hope in God and in Jesus Christ. So, ladies and gentlemen, we must never live our lives thinking that we can do without God. Now, what does it mean to do without God? To do without God, you can break it down to the barest minimum, barest, lowest point. And to understand it means that if you, if you can't do with, with, let's take a husband and a wife. If a husband and a wife say they cannot do without each other, what does it mean? It means that they are always going to be together. Do you understand me? Yeah, it means that they are always going, they will eat together, drink together. I don't want to say anything else, but everything they do, they are doing it together. In other words, they are abiding with each other. They are always near each other. They do things for each other. Yeah. So if you say you cannot do without God, it is the same thing. You, 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 are, you are close to God. Where God is, you should be found there. What God needs to be done, you should be ready to do it. You must make yourself available for God all the time. If you say that, you, are, you, can, you cannot do without God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, being or saying that you cannot do without God is as important or is, I mean, it's comparable to saying that you cannot do without a spouse or without a friend, or without something close to you. It means giving your heart and everything you have to God. Hallelujah. Number two, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, without holiness, you cannot see God, you cannot know God, and you cannot go to heaven. So the second without is that you cannot see God, you cannot know God, and you cannot go to heaven without holiness. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. Without holiness, no man shall see God. How many of you want to see God? At least you want to go to where God is. The Bible says that without holiness, that is not going to happen. 
So you can't live any kind of life and still expect that you would be seeing God moving in your life and doing everything for you and cool with you, but you are also living a different kind of life, an unholy life, an ungodly life, a life that doesn't bring glory to God. Number three, without faith, you cannot see God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you cannot really please God without faith. Because the Bible is saying here that it takes something called faith. And faith really is believing, believing, believing in things that you cannot even see. Believing. It says that by faith or without faith, it is impossible to please God. Or without believing in God, it is impossible to please God. So you have Christians today who want everything done, everything fixed, no problem, no issue, nothing. I mean, it's like we don't want any challenge in our lives. If there's a challenge and God is not here, God is not around. But he says that when you come to God, you must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So diligently means that, oh, what, can, can you define, can you give us the meaning of the word de, uh, diligent? Those of you at the back. Diligent. How many of you know the word diligent? You understand it very well. Who can explain the word diligent? Anybody? Hey, some of you went to very good schools. Speak a lot of good English. Diligent. What does the word diligent mean? You know, one day. As per Google, okay. We cannot hear you. Projector, can you put up diligent? Or oh, you don't have the internet. You don't have internet. Hard working. Okay, what else? Industrious, by Google's definition. Okay, what else? I want more synonyms for the word diligent. Wholeheartedly. Committed. Sorry? Persistent. You see, these are the words that are being used to describe how to seek God. Wholeheartedly, consistent, committed, what? Unyielding. We are talking about seeking God, looking for God, serving God. We are talking about how to do it. And the Bible says that you must do it diligently if you want a reward. I mean, today, if you leave this place, one thing that you should leave with is the meaning of the word diligence. Because I feel most people don't understand the word diligence. It's one of my favorite words because many years ago, I was trying to get a prize. We had a special prize when I was in primary school for diligence. <laughs> and I really wanted the prize. You know, and you know, it was one of those prizes that the teacher would just pick somebody and say, you didn't have to be the best student. You, you just, the teacher will just look at you and say, okay, this person gets the prize for diligence. And I really wanted that prize. I don't know why. I really wanted that prize. So at the end of the year, when it was speech and prize giving day, I was really hoping I actually convinced my parents to come for the speech and prize giving day. Because deep down in my heart, I knew that I was going to get the, the prize for diligence. You know, however, <laughs> the speech and prize giving day 
came on, all the people who were supposed to get prizes got prizes. And the last prize, usually the diligence is the last prize. I don't even know why. But just when I was about to get up for my diligence prize, I heard another name. Anita. Because I was expecting Daniel. But I heard Anita. And I realized that the diligence prize was not for me. I was very, very sad. I mean, I went to my teacher afterwards and I asked him that, why didn't you give me the prize? I thought I was really going to get that prize. We are talking about what? Diligence. You know what the teacher said? Looked at me in the eye and asked me one question. Do you know the question the teacher asked me? What is the meaning of the word diligence? Now, here I was. <laughs> looking at this teacher sheepishly, and it occurred to me that I didn't understand the word diligence. I just wanted the prize diligence because I wasn't getting the first prize in science or in math or in English. So I thought that diligence would just be a compensation for that. But no, I didn't even know what the word diligent means or meant at that time. So I didn't get the prize because I didn't know. In the same way, certain rewards are available, but they are only given to people who are diligent. So you must ask yourself, what does it mean to be diligent? You must not be like this guy in sixth grade who was standing there saying that he was going to get a prize for diligence. And he didn't even know the meaning of the word diligence or what it would entail, what you have to do to get that prize. Because look at it. He says that, and he is a rewarder. There is a prize for them who are diligent. There's a prize. So maybe you are not getting your rewards as a Christian because you are not being diligent. You are not giving your all. You are not doing it wholeheartedly. You are not committed totally. You are not, uh, what are some of the other words? Zealous. Is that it? Zealous? Zealous was one of the words. Wow. Maybe you are a Christian, but you are not zealous. Or you are a Christian, but you are not what? What? Consistent. 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 He is a rewarder of them that consistently seek him. Wow. That should speak to you today. That God is looking for people who will be diligent. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to be diligent. You must believe in God and believe in what he says so that you can be diligent. Because many times, you will not have a clear-cut answer on what you should do or, what, or whatever questions that you may have. But you must believe God and, and accept and recognize that God is actually leading you. Many people, when they start school, they backslide as Christians. When they, go, when, they, when they become students, they backslide. They can't do it anymore. They can't keep up with school and serving God anymore. Which is a, it's a very, because you were, you were praying that God would help you get into school. Now you get into school, you relax. You, I, I mean, I will not do anything anymore. I mean, you have gifts, you have talents, but you just relax. Like, mm, I'm not doing anything. Other people, when they get married, they stop. Others, when they have children, they stop. Others, when they have a job, they stop. Others, when, I mean, it's like every kind of blessing God can give you as a Christian, 
it can be a reason why you will just sit back and do nothing for God. But it says, you must please him, but you must have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Believe that even if you spend your time serving God, God can reward you. If you sacrifice your money and sacrifice your time, God can reward you. That's what it means. That every sacrifice, you must believe that every sacrifice you make for the sake of God and for the sake of the church, God has the ability to reward you. Can I have an amen? Yeah. That is how you please God. That's how you please God. Believe it. Otherwise, we will only believe in, in, in the things around us. We will only, we'll tell ourselves that then, look, I must work. I must work maybe, you're yeah, working eight hours. No, 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 I must work 21 hours a day. Yeah. Or you can't do, you can't do much. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Let me just do that. We have just one more point and we go. Matthew chapter 5. I believe. Matthew chapter 5. I want to get there myself. Verse 13. It says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? God is describing us as salt. Think about it for a minute. God says that you are salt. You are salt. Everyone say, I am salt. Say, I am the salt of the earth. Okay. Now, he said that if you are the salt of the earth, then what happens when you lose your savor or your saltiness, how do you resalt salt that has lost its favor, its savor? Think about it for a minute. How do you resalt salt that has been has, has lost its saltiness? <laughs> Have you thought about it? That the salt in your home, you you, you are able to extract the saltiness. When you extract the saltiness, how do, you, how do you make it salty again? It's impossible. And so, it says that it is thenceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. So, what he's trying to explain to us is that if God, if you truly believe that you are the salt of the earth, meaning that you have something to offer, salt has something to offer. Salt, is, it has a, sav uh, a savory taste. It has some benefits. Now, if that aspect of salt, the saltiness, the tastiness, the, the ability to, to season, the ability to... to, to do all kinds of things. If that thing is taken away and is taken out of the salt, it becomes a mere rock, a mere stone, a mere piece of, I mean, it's like sand. And so it's good for nothing. And you throw it away and people just walk over it. So ladies and gentlemen, if God says that you are the salt of the earth, it means that you have something to offer. You have something to give to God. You have something that can bless people. You, have, you, are, you, are, you are endowed with some gifts, some talents, some graces. Something has been deposited in you that can make you a blessing. But don't make the mistake of not using your saltiness or not using that thing has, that has been placed inside of you. Because when you do that, the giftings, the graces, the talents, 
all these things that are inside of you, when you don't put it to use, the Bible says that you will therefore become good for nothing. You are good, but you are good for nothing. You are good, but you are good for nothing. You have gifts, but it's good for nothing. Because it is not, it is not helping anybody. It's not blessing the church. It is not, you are not using it for the benefit of anything or anybody. It is what? Good for what? Nothing. Now, when you become good for nothing in God's house and in God's eyes, what happens to you is that men now be, begin to, 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 to step on you because you are good for nothing. Men now begin to, the world begins to just use you anyhow, any way they can. So I'm praying and I'm believing God that we will see that we are truly and indeed the salt of the earth, which means that God has put something inside of us. You know, this thing that I'm sharing, I, I, I will never stop sharing this type of message. It's like every Sunday I seem to keep going back to this type of thing, that God expects you to do something. And until you rise up and do it, don't expect much from God. Yeah. It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. I'm encouraging you today. I'm inviting you today. Put yourself into God's work. Allow yourself to be a, a, a God person. Someone who abides with God. Someone who, who cannot do without God. Who is always ready and eager to work for God. Someone who has something to do in the house of God. Yeah. Never be a type of person who comes to church and does nothing. Yeah. It means that you are salt, but the saltiness has been taken out. Salt minus salt is equal to what? It's equal to what? You went to, you went to your math, those of you who studied math. When you have five and you take away five, what, what, what happens? Equal to what? I'm sorry? I said 25 minus 25 is equal to what? Again, 25 minus 25 is equal to what? Zero. So salt minus salt is equal to what? It's nothing. Zero. Number four, the last one. Without the shedding, we are talking about without, the word without. What does it mean in instances in the Bible where you find the word without? It says, without the shedding of blood, you cannot see God, you cannot have God, and you cannot go to heaven. Look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. We are almost done. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. It says, and almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. You need the blood of Jesus for your sins to be forgiven. You need, God knew that somebody's blood had to be shed to cleanse our sins cleanse our lives and restore us unto himself and to bring us into the perfect will that he had for us. And he chose that his own son. You see, God, the Bible says that God did not or sent not his son into the world to condemn us, John chapter 3 verse 17, but that through him we may have life. He sent not his son into the world to condemn us. Jesus Christ inside your life and involved in your life is not to destroy you or it's not to condemn you or to take away your time. God in your life is not there to take away your time. He's there to help you. To save you. He says that, but that the world 
through him might be saved. He's there to bring you salvation, to bring you direction. Yeah. To show you the way to make your life actually better. So from today, I, I, I want you to always think about like when God is in your life, he's not, he's not there to be a problem for you. Like, oh, I mean, now, if I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't even have to go to church on Sunday. I'll sleep. I'll watch soccer. Or I'll watch uh, cowboys are playing today. I'll watch cowboys or eagles or something like that. This church, church, church thing. I can be a Christian on my own. I'll just sit in church. I mean, sit at home. I can watch T.D. Jakes. And this is this. And I'll be fine. I've done my part. No, 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 no. You are trivializing God's role in your life. You are making it look as though if you serve God, you are wasting time. That is not diligence. That is not serving God with diligence. I believe, it is my prayer, that we will all rise up and become diligent Christians. People who serve God. I'm using the word serve. Serve means that you do something. You have some service. You have some work that you do. You will do it in a diligent way, in a committed way. Find something to do. Get yourself planted in the church. Find a way to, to, to be relevant in the church. Find a place for yourself in the church. There should be something that you are doing in the church at all times. If you are not, then it means that you don't want it. But there is always something that, look at these people who were dancing today. I was just watching them and I was saying to myself, I'm sure there are better dancers in the church. Not that they were not dancing well. They are very good dancers. But I'm sure that there are other people who can dance in the church, who can join them and can make it a very powerful dancing ministry. Yeah. Or the singers. I'm sure that there are other people who can sing, who, when they join them, they could make this singing ministry a very powerful ministry. Service to God. Service to God. So maybe that is the altar call to you today. That God is reaching out and it's asking you, are you going to be salt that has lost its savor? Are you going to be, are you going to be a, 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 a good-for-nothing person? That God has given you something, expecting you to use it, and you decide to sit on it. It says that what will happen to you is that men will now gather you, put you down, and then trample over you. They walk over you. Because they don't need your gifts. They don't need that talent. They don't, what God has blessed you with, they don't need it in the world. It is in the church that is needed. Yeah, I mean, most of the people who sing in church, if they go outside of the church to go and sing, nobody's going to listen to them. Have you thought about it? Yeah, many people who sing in the church, when they go out there, you can't sing the kind of songs that you sing here in the church. I mean, outside. You can't. You can't sing about God. No. So it means that you will, be, you will become irrelevant over there. Because they are looking for people who can do more than just singing. They, they, they don't want just singing. They want people who can also model while they are singing. <laughs> can also do certain things while they are singing. You too, you, can't do, you can only sing in church and sing hallelujah and praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet and let us pray. So today we are blessed. It's International Sunday, and God is calling us. He's always reaching out to us. God is always calling somebody, and today he's calling you to be a blessing. God wants to be involved in your life. God wants to give you a chance to serve him, to add diligence to that service. And so maybe you are here today and you have never even given your life to Christ. This is an opportunity for you. God wants you to serve him. God is calling you 
to do something in the house of God. God is calling you to be not good for nothing, but to be good for something. God wants to use your gift and your talents in the church to help build the church. Just reaching out to you and he's hoping that you'll respond to that call. So I want you to pray. Actually, I want all of us, everyone, everywhere you are, just begin to pray right now and ask God to help you that you will not be good for nothing. As the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, but you will be useful for something that God will help you God, pray for God's help. You know, sometimes it's difficult. You know, you say, that, oh Lord, I'm involved in this, I'm involved in that, I'm involved in this. How can I make time for your church and how can I make time to serve you? How can I make time to do this or to do that? But God can help you. So I want you to pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Maybe you are already doing something in the church. You can do more. God can and should and wants more from you. So pray and ask him to help you. Father, we thank you. I thank you for everyone here today, Lord. On International Sunday, as we celebrate different cultures, different backgrounds, different regions, different countries, we pray and we ask, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you. Father, bring us from every nation and from every tribe and from every background. Pull us and bring us closer to you closer to you closer to you we give you praise Lord we give you honor and we give you adoration for what you are doing in our lives may we be useful servants may we be good for something we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen let's take communion very quickly help us help me with a communion please Faster, fast, 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 fast. Very quickly, please. Close your eyes. We are praying. Communion time. Let us pray. Close your eyes, everyone. We're praying. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your table. We pray that you will bless and sanctify this meal, Lord. As your word says that we should do this in remembrance of you. May we remember the sacrifice that you made for us and continually serve you with gladness, serve you with commitment, serve you with diligence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please share. have your bread I want you to lift it up lift it up high say this is the body of Jesus Christ say this is the body of Jesus Christ say it one more time the body of Jesus Christ Say it a third time. Say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. Eat it, please. And take the cup. Say the blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. 
Say it again, the precious blood of Jesus. And drink it. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your body and for your blood. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to partake of this meal. Father, we know that we are receiving new life, new strength, new purpose. And we are also receiving healing, cleansing of our bodies, cleansing of our spirits. That this blood that has gone into our bodies, Lord, would cleanse and wash us and make us new. We give you praise, Lord. We believe, Lord, that you are working in us and with us. And you are drawing us and you are calling us to do more for you, to serve you with our lives. Father, may our lives not just be about what we receive, what we get, what is in this world, but Lord, may our lives also exemplify and demonstrate. May we gent servants of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that your life has been transformed by the power of the Word of God. If you would like us to pray with you or would like to worship with us, please contact us at the Codes Family Church, University City, Philadelphia or call 267-809-5530. Thank you and God richly bless you.